What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek, joined alongside my co-host, Devin Bernstein. And Dev, it's been a little bit where we kind of, we didn't skip a week, I wouldn't say, but we, you know, we're recording a little later, but we have a ton to talk about today. A lot has been going on in all kinds of sports. We're going to be talking some MLB, some NBA, some college football, some NFL, as always. Heck of a week, and I mean, we're going to start things off. Unfortunate news as a, a Mets fan and a professional Yankee hater, but uh, Juan Soto traded to the New York Yankees. Can't even believe it. Package going back to San Diego includes Michael King uh, and a bunch of other uh, pitching prospects, essentially. Soto, obviously, superstar player, um, does have one more year until free agency. It seems like he's likely going to test the market. Um, Scott Boris is his agent as well. His clients have genuine, generally tested the market. But obviously, if he likes his time with the Yankees, uh, you know, they've got the finances to pay him. So no reason to believe that, you know, this could not be uh, where Juan Soto spends the rest of his career. Obviously, huge news. Yankees coming off a very disappointing year. Your initial reactions to the trade and kind of, you know, where you think the Yankees stack up now going into next season. Yeah, I mean, like, it feels like the whole thing about the Yankees last year was once they lost Judge, they just, like, didn't have any good hitters. And now this is, like, obviously one of the best hitters in the MLB. Like, you probably have two of the top five guys. Like, it's hard to say, but two top five level hitters at the very least. And, you know, these are both guys who, like, you're not going to want to pitch to either one of them. They both walk a ton, especially Soto. Soto's got some of the best plate discipline, like in the league, probably the best. Um, And like, I just don't even know what, like, I mean, obviously the rest of the lineup has to figure itself out, but this is the makings already of a very, very, you know, loaded lineup. You just need to find other good starters. And they do have a lot of, they're paying a lot of players, but they also can, they can pay whoever they want if they really want to. So, you know, I don't know how much more they'll go in, but I think I expect them to at least make some additions along the edges and, and you know, fill this roster out because there's no point in trading for one Soto if you're not committed to spending like this. Um, especially, like you said, like he's probably going to test the market, like the time to win and, and be competitive is now, but you don't want to have a lackluster season uh, with him heading to free agency. Um. I think in terms of where they stack up, I still think like, you know, you look at the Rangers and they're probably looking like a better team still, probably still with the Astros. Orioles, hard to say. Rays, hard to say, but they're in a tough division, so it's going to be a dogfight. I expect them to be a playoff team, um, probably as long as Judge and Soto stay healthy, um, just because of the top end talent there. But if they're one of the top teams I wouldn't be surprised but I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they aren't um yeah what about you Griff yeah I mean I think it's a great trade obviously um you know you know they gave up a lot if this does end up being just one year but at the same time this is a team a franchise that you know they expect greatness and and they haven't really achieved that in, in a long time they haven't been to a world series since I guess 2009 um so a move that had to be made and um, I mean, my biggest fear is that he just stays long term. I think that's just a a nightmare scenario. Um, but 
regardless, I mean, looking at their team for next year, they also went out traded for Alex Verdugo. So two solid outfield additions. We saw this team, you know, like you said, when Judge went down, you know, they were playing like a bunch of no names. Like they were running out Billy McKinney out there, Jake Bowers, like all these random journeyman level players out there, which is just not what you're accustomed to seeing from the New York Yankees. Um, so huge move, move, moves in that regard i mean they also acquired trent grisham so just instantly outfield depth huge huge help um you know they're still linked with um yoshinobu yamamoto um who it looks like he's gonna get like 300 million dollars which is insane um the mets are in on him too red Sox, blue jays maybe a lot of big name teams so it's unclear at this point where yamamoto is gonna go seems like that's probably the only other big free agent the yankees would kind of be willing to to cash out a check for if they do get him i mean oh my god this team a punch of coal one two punch of coal yamamoto and then you know rodon what are you going to get out of him i mean if they get like all-star lever carlos rodon let's say without yamamoto that's even huge like for me it's just you know i think the lineup like you said is going to be much improved um they've still got a lot of veterans there like dj lemayhu is not in his prime can he still put together a solid season 100 percent? anthony rizzo same thing you know Seems like he was like concussed for like two months last year. They didn't realize it. I mean, that's a mess in its own, but hopefully yep. he'll be back to full form this year. Um, Stanton, I think, might be just, just be kind of cooked at this point. But regardless, yeah. you got all these guys. Um, it's going to come down to the pitching. You know, Garrett Cole coming off a Cy Young year. He's a superstar, obviously. But the rest of that rotation is where you kind of get into the question marks. What's Nestor Cortez got in the tank? He had a down year last year, injury prone, injury plagued as well. Obviously, Carlos Rodon, you know, uh, as bad of a first season as you could have on that contract. You know, can he bounce back? Um, you know, you lose Michael King. Obviously, losing Luis Severino to the Mets, I don't think is anything Yankee fans are going to be upset about. But, um, you know, I feel like there's someone I'm missing. But even if I'm not, they're, you know, they got to go out and, and probably add another starter or two regardless. Um, it feels like, you know, they, they're going to need uh, – you know, a few guys for that back end of the rotation. And I think another frontline guy wouldn't be bad as well. So it'll be interesting to see, like you said, I think this team, like if they stay healthy, their lineup's going to be one of the best in baseball, just with Soto and Judge in and of itself. In it of itself um, their bullpen's always good. So I think this team's going to be really good next year. Their division, like you said, it is, is kind of a mess. Uh, not a mess. It's just really good. Um, but like, I can't predict like the Orioles or the Rays at this point to be better than them. I just yeah. don't think like if I had to say right now, I'd probably say the Yankees win the division. But like, it's a it's a gauntlet, and like Shohei could go to the Blue Jays. Like his market's still unclear. So uh, I think a lot can change between now and you know when we're making official predictions in you know March. But huge move for the Yankees. Props to them for going out and doing it. Um, it's going to be must see baseball, man. Soto and Judge back to back. I mean, it, it's going to be electric for sure. So. Um, not excited to see it, but, uh, as a baseball fan, I think it'll be fun to watch. So, yeah. Yeah. Real quick. You have any Otani predictions? I've been, I've thought he's going to go to the Dodgers the whole time. So I feel like there's no way he doesn't. Now there's the whole thing with his free agency though. That's like, well, he wants it to be private and you hear yep. Dave Roberts and then- like leaking it. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, like, what are we doing? Dave Robert. And then the GM's like, oh, I don't know why he said that. It's like, <laughs> I there was Buster only said something like you know Shohei's free agency this should be one of like this should, could be so big for the sport kind of like the LeBron decision almost was or something like that where I do think it'd be fun it's just not who Shohei is but um I, I would still pick the Dodgers 
you know, the Blue Jays are getting a lot of buzz, which is interesting. Yeah. Like, I would not have predicted that. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't see him going to Toronto personally. But maybe you say he could be – like, the more I've heard, too, like, the Angels seem like they're still kind of in the mix, too. Like, weirdly enough, like, he's just a guy who really is routine-based and maybe just doesn't want to leave. Like, it's going to be really interesting to see. Um also, the contract, I'm very curious to see what the number ends up being because it seems like it's still going to be 500 mil plus, which is kind of crazy. Um, but I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. What do you think? I I don't know. I Like, I I always got the sense that he was just going to, like, weirdly re-sign with the Angels. Like, okay. I... I don't know why I just always felt like they were like, like he just, like you said, with the routine and like, he's not, I I think he really does care about winning, but I don't think he's the type of guy that's like, I want to go win somewhere else. I think he wants to, I don't know. I think if the angels offer him a contract, that's, you know, close to what other teams offer him. And of course, close could still mean a difference of about 50 million here. Um, (laughs) But, you know, just a relatively close offer. I get the sense maybe he goes back. But, like, I was thinking Dodgers, too. But then I was like, you no way that Roberts thing doesn't come back to bite them. That would um, be crazy if it does, though. If he actually makes his decision based on Dave Roberts saying, like, yeah, we met with him. Like, he's obviously our top priority. Like, come on, man. Like, that's just ridiculous if that happens. To yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm speculating into the, the Twitter stuff too much. But... No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I'm, that was more like. No, I that's I know it's just Shohei is like, what are you doing, man? Like, that's just like, yeah. I mean, I really, yeah, I don't know. I, it feels like it could be anywhere. That's that's why I asked. Honestly, I feel like I I have no idea where he's going, and it feels like a decision's coming relatively soon. Um, yeah, the media has been trying to hype that. Uh, it's actually funny. Like they've been like, oh, it's coming within the week by the end of the winter meetings. Now it's like any day now. Like I actually don't know. Like who knows when he's gonna sign. Could a mystery team swoop in and, and steal him? Like maybe the Yankees just go all out. Oh my God. Imagine if they signed Shohei. That would be, that would be unfair. Crazy. That yeah. would be nuts. That would be actually nuts. Now that I put that in the universe, I actually am scared. So um, <laughs> we're just going to forget I said that. But yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll move along. Uh, when more MLB stuff, there's been some other signings, but I mean, I don't think anything necessarily that we have to get into. So we're going to jump over to the NBA. I haven't talked about uh, the NBA in a little bit, but the in-season tournament is, you know, really, you know, it's in the semifinals now. They're in Vegas. You got the Pacers and the Bucks, uh, and then the Pelicans and the Lakers squaring off. So kind of interesting. It feels like you got like two of the, you know, probably championship favorite type teams and then two of these more younger kind of you know, pesky teams. I know the Pelicans have kind of, you know, they've had their core for a little bit. Pacers, at least a younger, fun team to watch. Tyrese Halliburton's been balling out. Um, I mean, I think with this, we'll kind of, like, who do you think ultimately wins out of those four teams? Who do you think, you know, you can go matchup by matchup and then predict the finals or or just the finals champ? And then just also, I mean, I know there was a lot of confusion and, and kind of uncertainty about this tournament, but it seems like, you know, a lot more people have bought into it and are, are enjoying it. So, just kind of your overall thoughts uh, now that we are, you know, towards the end of the first ever in-season tournament. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about my prediction first. Um, I think the Lakers take care of business. I think they're taking this really seriously. And, like, you know, they're in a one-game type scenario 
you know, for the next two games, you just get the sense that LeBron's really going to go 100% and, yeah. you know, be a top five player in the world these next couple of games. Um, also, unrelated, his over-under is only 28.5 points on most sites right now. I 28 feel like or 20? 28. 28 okay. Which does feel a little high for the regular season, but if he <laughs> treats it like a playoff game, you know, maybe, I don't know, whatever. I don't know what I'm babbling about at this point. But, <laughs> um, And then I I really do like the Pacers. I think they're a really good team, but I just think the Bucs are, are not, they're just not going to have any answers for Giannis um, in that game. And I think, again, it's like a one-game scenario. I, I could see the Bucs kind of treating it like a playoff game. Um. But I really want to talk about this in-season tournament. Like, it's so cool. Like, I mean, first of all, you got the players on the bench who want the 500K. So they're going absolutely crazy. That's the coolest part, in my opinion. Like the Pacers guys, they were going crazy. Um, And then the fans, like, for whatever reason, it's just like it's a playoff game to them. Like, from the third quarter on, it basically feels like you're getting, like, the fans on their feet chanting defense. And it's like... This never used to happen in the regular season. Like, you know, maybe, you know, the Knicks a few years ago when they were good for the first time in forever and they were like, <laughs> the playoffs, like maybe that had a similar vibe, but like, it's rare you get a playoff atmosphere in the regular season. And we're just getting these games all because of the end season tournament. And like you said, like, there's a lot of confusion and I get that. Like not everyone is going to take a couple hours to really understand what's going on in the in-season tournament. And you also have to watch it and learn about the rules and the group play to really like understand everything that's going on. Like I'm not blaming people for being confused the first year, but you know, the more you get to learn about it, the more it's just like, yeah, like this is just like a good way to increase competitive play. It, I didn't realize it was this early in the regular season that it would be ending. So like, I thought it went on maybe slightly more throughout the regular season, which is, you know, whatever it could have. I I, I really like the format that we have right now, though. It's like it's really entertaining first couple months of the year. It's something to look forward to in the early part of the basketball season before these games really mean a ton, you know, in terms of the standings. You know, once you get later in the year, you get games that's like, well, if they win this game, they're probably not going to be a top three seed or whatever. But we don't have that early in the year, obviously. So I really like what the in-season tournament is doing. And I, I'm really excited for these games tonight as we film them. Yeah, it's been uh, – I think it's been great for basketball. I think, you know, the NBA – you know, I'll be 100% honest. Like, the last few years, like, I've kind of grown out of watching the NBA because, you know, the regular season at this point has just been, like – not that, like – I mean, I'm a huge baseball fan. The regular season is basically meaningless. But, like, I don't know, for – it not being my top sport, like the regular season is just kind of, I don't want to say tough to watch, but it's just like for the average fan, I think, you know, when you've got all these stars sitting out due to load management or whatnot, and just like the efforts just not really there sometimes, like it's just been a little tough. And I think this is so great because like you said, it's just like early in the season, high intensity, the fans are into it. The players have really gotten into it, which I think has helped so much. Um, and it's just like created such a fun vibe. I think, you know, you see, I think the whole element of going to Vegas, I think is uh, a lot of gotten a lot of players excited. You see like Brandon Ingram and Zion are like laughing in the post game presser about it. I mean, guys are just loving it. Um, so I think that's been really cool to see. Um, I think it's been a great idea. I think the execution 
has been great. I think the only thing that they could have improved on was just at the start. Like, cause I think everyone was so confused right away when it's like, okay, like we're four games in and it's like, we're playing the tournament now. Like I, I think I was very confused. I didn't really understand. And maybe that's just me. Um, no, I was, but, I was confused with how early it started as well. A little like, I think Adam Silver could have, you know, explained it a little better, put a little slideshow maybe together on the NBA Instagram page or something. <laughs> but uh, regardless, I think they've done a great job um it's been fun to watch it'll be interesting to kind of see how like over time that the tournament is like valued just in yeah. obviously it's not a championship but it's like what is it like how is, is it how does it equivalent to like a you know division title which doesn't really matter that much in the nba compared to some other sports um i don't know it'll be that'll be interesting but um going to the games itself yeah like you said you know i think the lakers are probably the team that i'd take to to win it all i just feel like you know LeBron, like you said, like, I think he's got that drive, you know, he wants, obviously, this is another thing where, you know, it's his chance to kind of be the first to do it. And, you know, just his whole, you know, identity, not identity, but his whole, like, not to say this is a big thing for his legacy, but I think it'd be for, I'm sure he's thinking like, this would be, you know, pretty cool to be the first ever in-season tournament, get, you know, that under my belt, you know, say that, you know, I got one of those before he retires, because he doesn't have that many years left. So, I think he'll want it. Um, like you said, Bucks Pacers, I think will be a good game, man. I think Halliburton has just been a, a killer. I mean, he's kind of taken the league by storm this year. He's a star. Um, if only the Knicks picked him a few years back. Sorry, Knicks fans. But uh uh yeah, I, I don't know. Pacers Bucks, I actually think will be a close, closer game than people think. I've kind of bought it. I kind of want the Pacers to win it all. They're just kind of a fun team right now. Um, but I'll go Lakers win it all. I think it'll be good. Um I didn't, I'm still a little confused on the scheduling, how it all worked out. Cause then there's still games. Like I don't really, the scheduling aspect of it, I haven't looked too much into, which is part of the problem why I'm confused. But um, you know, the fact that they pulled this off, I mean, props to them. It's been fun to watch. So um excited for the games later today. Yeah, no, the scheduling is confusing. I, as someone who consumes maybe as much NBA media as there is, um, I haven't seen anything about like how they figured out these extra games, like the games that were yesterday, there was like 12 or 13 games. It might've been every team that's not still in the in season tournament played or something like that. Yeah. I think it's like, it was like, you know, East group C second place against East group B third yeah. place, like whatever, something like that. But I, I don't know. Um, Moving on to college football. Um, I'm sure, yeah, no one's going to disagree with any anyone's opinions here. I think the ultimate thing is, is like, obviously, five teams deserve to get in this year. Like, it was just a year where there were five teams that clearly had playoff resumes, and one of them had to miss out. Like, it really sucks. It was always weird that there were five Power Five conferences and four spots in case there was a year where every conference had a very, very clear playoff candidate and one of them actually had two but um i mean it's just really tough like if you want to argue that the, it should be the undefeated team that has no blemish on their resume i'll hear you out if you want to argue that it should be the best four teams i'll hear you out if you want to argue that it it's you know should be a combination of the best four and the most four deserving which i think is kind of what they came up with because if they really wanted to go with the best four teams Teams, you're probably putting in Georgia instead of Washington. Obviously, not to say they should have done that. I'm just saying if 
if that was their only goal, yeah, I think they got it as right as you could have. Like, I just think you wanted you're getting two really entertaining games, in my opinion, or really games that really have the potential to be really entertaining. But you're also including four teams that truly did deserve to make it. They all won their conference. Um, one of them only lost to another team that made it, and and then the team, the other, the only team that has a reasonably bad loss in Texas beat Alabama. So again, it's really tough. Like this was not easy. Um, we were talking about this, like, you know, when, when it was happening, it's like, I don't even know what's better. Like the chaos of the 14 playoff or the, I guess the fairness of the 12 team playoff. Um, I do think 12 is a little bit too much. I think like, it's rare that, you know, we're going to see teams nine through 12 really have a chance. But I think this year, for example, you would be getting like a, you know, you'd be getting like Ohio State against, you know, potentially like Oregon in the first round, yeah. like something like that. Like that could be really cool. Um, I'm kind of going on. I I, I don't want to keep going on here, but like it's just it's it's really interesting this has been my favorite season of college football that i can remember like it's just I, i'm not someone i mean obviously i go to syracuse i'm root for syracuse but if it's a chance to play i don't really investment in any team and i'm kind of just able to watch and just hope for the best product and i think we're getting a really good product this year i spent a lot of time just like wondering about who should get in you know what's right and i think that's good for the sport so you know, it's weird that it's the last year of this and probably the best year of this format. Um, but I think it, it shows it goes to show that maybe this new format could be even better once where there, there is no debate of of which top team should have to miss out, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think going to your point about the 12 teams being too much, I agree. I feel like I don't know why they didn't do eight teams. I mean, eight teams, yeah. I think would have been perfect. I guess yeah. the 12 allows them to do their whole, you know, you have the first round of games at uh you know, on college campus, which I do think is cool. Um, but yeah, I think it sucks for Florida State, like it going undefeated and not making the playoff, especially in like, you know, you had like a team like a Cincinnati, you know, who went undefeated that one year. And like, if you didn't put them in, like if there were more, four like power five schools in ahead of them, like I would have gotten it. You know, this, their ACC, they beat LSU, they beat Florida, they beat, you know, Clemson, they beat, you know, Duke with Riley Leonard, they, U Miami. Like, they had good wins. It's not like they played some, like, ridiculously easy schedule. Um, but I think they made the right decision, the committee. Ultimately, Alabama won the SEC. They beat the Georgia team that, you know, Georgia team that hasn't lost, had won 29 games, I think, in a row it was. Um, you know, obviously their one loss to Texas, who's the number three team in the committee's eyes. Um, you know, they had good wins as well. I, I get it. And like, you just got to look at the Jordan Travis injury. If he doesn't get hurt their Florida state's probably in, they probably beat Louisville by more than they did. Um, I also think that Louisville game just didn't help. You know, it, they really struggled to, to put any, any good drives together. It was just a, a punt fest and, Ultimately, the committee is looking at it going, do we really want to walk, pair this team up and just see a blowout or, you know, put Alabama in and, and know we're going to have a good game? So, look, they made the right decision. Um, you know, this year, you know, you bring up like five teams. Like you look at like even like 
Georgia and Ohio State, like in a normal year, would have like very strong cases to uh, to be in the playoff. Like both those teams, you know, only one loss was to, you know, a team in the playoff, uh, you know, had quality wins in there. So it's crazy how deep it is where, we're, you know, Ohio State and Georgia, like in a normal year, they'd at least be like, oh, maybe they can sneak in the four spot. But it was like, no, nah, not even a shot, which is crazy. But uh, that just shows how good this year has been, like you said. Um, you know, and I think we got two really good games. I think Washington, Texas is going to be a fun one. Um, you know, huge for both those programs. I believe both of their first times in the college football playoff, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Washington made it with, you know, Bengals known good starter, Jake Browning. They did make it really yeah. interesting. I, huh. okay. I, I just like weirdly remember watching that game at a hotel in, in Guadalupe. So they definitely go. made the playoffs one year. Um, <laughs> okay. So Washington second time and, uh, Texas is first. So it should be very good. Obviously those games are not going on for another month or so. So, um, you know, we don't really have to get into predictions too much. I don't think, I mean, er early quick predictions, no, no reasoning. I'll go Alabama. What about you? Um, yeah, same actually. Okay. Well, congrats to Michigan and Texas. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Looking forward to that championship game. Um, yeah, it should be good. Um, I'll actually be it. Speaking of Florida State, I'll be watching their their last game of the season against Georgia. I'll be at the Orange Bowl. So, uh, shout out if any of the boys are, are fans and want to come on the pod. You know, we'll figure we can figure something out there at, at the live at the Orange Bowl. Um, but moving on, I guess, um, unless you have anything else to uh, to add, Texas Michigan next year is is week two, so that's going to be cool. But yeah, we can move on. They play. They play next week year. two next year. Okay, interesting. That'd be great. Maybe the script is out for that, so you have a, a championship rematch. Championship rematch, yeah. Damn. So Michigan's going to be in, in the gauntlet next year. Okay. Props to them for actually scheduling some uh, some real games at yeah. a conference next year. Yeah. Um, not Bowling Green four times. Um. All right, moving on to the NFL. Um, it's been a little bit, I guess, since we've talked. Really, I mean, we we didn't predict last week. We recapped week twelve. Um. But a huge week last week. I mean, there were some big games. I think we should kind of touch on a few of the main ones. I mean, to me, I think there's really two main games, and they both involve, uh, you know, it's two big NFC showdowns, the first being Dallas and Seattle on Thursday night. This was a great game. Devin, this Dallas offense, you know, just moving on. I mean, we've never seen Dak play this good. We've never seen this offense at such a high level. I mean, it feels like they're scoring 30, 40 points easily every single game, no matter the opponent. They go out, beat Seattle. Uh, you know, obviously not the best defensive game for Dallas, but, um, you know, I know you're maybe a little biased, but, uh, you know, your thoughts on the way Dallas is playing right now just, you know, seems like they're firing on all, cinder, all cylinders offensively. Yeah, no, this this hurts. I mean, <laughs> I gotta give Dak credit. He's he's playing like an MVP. I I really didn't see this level of play coming from Dak. Um, it started about like five six weeks ago, and like his stats, like I keep seeing it every week, and it's like wow. Like I mean, yeah. and I I talk about this every time we bring up the quarterback stats, but you know, you look at a quarterback stats, and you have to take the whole situation into account, and. He has great stats and he has a good supporting cast, but he doesn't have this Hurts level supporting cast, but he has way better stats than Jalen Hurts. I mean, you know, we just, 
you got to give him credit. He has a true wide receiver one. I mean, Cooks is good. Ferguson's a good tight end. He has a good line. Like, I'm not saying it's it's this horrible situation he's in, but he's not getting carried by this offense or putting up fake numbers besides, you know, maybe some blowout numbers. But I don't think it's it's like stat padded at all. Like, no. this is incredibly impressive. This is the best stretch of football easily in his career, like you said. Like, hats off to him. The defense, I'm holding out that it's a little fraudulent. We finally saw <laughs> Deron Bland get get attacked, which I've kind of been waiting for, slash expecting, slash hoping for. Um, he still had a pick though, which is insane. You, still, you did still have a pick in in true. He's eight this season. Yeah, he's baby Diggs, man. He's baby Diggs. It's crazy. Yeah, no. So I'm not trying to discredit him. He is a he is an incredible he has incredible ball skills, but he he can get he can get beat. And obviously he got beat by like DK Metcalf. Like, what are you gonna do? Like yeah. <laughs> DK Metcalf is so physically talented, you almost can't blame a guy for you know, he was staying with him for the most part and he ended up winning. Like you said, he got a pick. So you can't really blame him, but he he got targeted a lot. Gilmore, you know, he's probably not a true number one, but the problem really is more like the middle of the field seemed pretty open. I don't know. It's just been a lot of weeks where they've given up more points than their talent shows. I still think this is a top three to five pass rush and probably a top five to eight defense. But, you know, you saw that against a lot of top teams they've played this year, it hasn't been elite. So Obviously, a huge, huge, huge matchup this week between the Cowboys and the Eagles. We'll get more into that. But, yeah, I mean, I, there's nothing else to say. I, I'm going on too long. We said we wouldn't. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, Cowboys are really good. Dak's really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with everything you said. Um, you know, CD's had a great year. I think we've just seen the Dallas offense hit a, a second, a new gear, which has been, you know, I don't think most people would have said, uh, with Mike McCarthy calling the place, Kellen Moore leaving the offseason. So shout out to Mike McCarthy. I mean, he's he's doing a great job down there. Um, let's move on to the other NFC East team, though. Not the same result for them. I mean, Dev, I know it hurts, but I don't know if I've ever seen a greater backing up of trash talk than Debo Samuel this week. I mean, three touchdowns, hundred you know forty ish total yards. I mean. Bro was just him out there. And, you know, the Niners have talked a lot since that conference game. They talked about, oh, if we had Brock, we're blowing him out. Like, all these things. And, look, they put their they put their money where their mouth is, and they blew Philadelphia out in Philly. Um, I mean, to me at least, I think you got to say San Fran's the best team in the NFL after this game. What were your thoughts? Obviously, a rough one for, for Philly. Yeah, no, this is, this is not a fun NFL week for, for me. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the Niners look like they look like the far and away best team right now. Like, I really, really do hope this Eagles team gets to see them again in the playoffs because I'm not going to lie. If it's at home, I am still going to pick the Eagles in that game. But, you know, the Niners do look way better than everyone else right now. I don't even think the Eagles played that badly. Like, you know, they're missing, you know, Zach Cunningham. They just signed Shaq Leonard. The secondary is still figuring some stuff out. But, like, I've talked about James Bradbury being a problem all year. He didn't get targeted once, and they still – it was still a disaster in the secondary. Like, there are a lot of weak links. Slay, I love you, Darius Slay. You're not 
You're not as good as you used to be, man. It's, <laughs> it's really tough. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to harp on the guy. He's 33, but this team kind of went into the season hoping he and Bradbury could hold up really well. And they haven't held up really well. That's been a big thing. And then the injuries have also been an issue, but I think this Eagles team kind of writes the ship this week. We'll get more into that in, in our predictions, but um. Yeah, the Niners just look incredible. Like, do you see any team like could you couldn't could you see a, a Super Bowl where it's like the Niners just blow the other team out? Like, I could see that. Yeah. Totally. I think 100 percent I think especially when you look at the AFC right now, like the AFC is like a mess. Like, honestly, like whoever comes out of there, I think we've kind of talked about it. Like, I think Philly, Dallas, or San Fran takes down whoever comes out of the AFC this year. Like, I just don't think I don't see one of those AFC teams. I mean, we'll talk about the Chiefs in a little bit. They look like a mess. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really believe the Ravens to beat one of those teams. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, this game, I mean, I think San Fran, they went through that rough patch where they lost three in a row. They were kind of banged up. They're healthy. Brock Purdy's playing insane. CMC does his thing week in and week out. This defense, uh, I mean, it's just a, a great unit. And they only had, I guess, Kimball had two sacks. They had three sacks. I don't think they forced any turnovers. Like it wasn't anything, you know, flashy on the stat sheet, but they just got the job done. They held Philly to 19 points and, and let their offense work. And like you said, definitely a little concerning, uh, you know, defensively for Philly. That's kind of been something that has been a, you know, potential problem all year we've seen. I mean, we've seen teams like not to, you know, shit on like Washington, but Washington, you know, putting up 31 points both times against Philly. Like it's definitely concerning. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, it just seems like, I mean, these last two weeks, they have 34 to the Bills, 42 to the Niners. And, like, sure, those are two of the best teams in the NFL. But at the end of the day, if you want to win a Super Bowl, those are the kind of teams you're going to be playing in the playoffs. So, you know, their defense just has not held their own against these top teams. Definitely concerning. Because um, on paper, I mean, you're like, oh, this defense should be great. And they've, and they've brought in all these guys. They brought in Kevin Byard. Shaq Leonard's now going to be there. I mean, if you showed me this, this Eagles defense, like, two years ago, I'd be like, holy hell, like, what the – what the hell happened here? How did they get, you know, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, all these guys too. Um, but it just hasn't lived up to the standard I think people were expecting. So they got to fix things. Obviously, offensively, I'm not necessarily worried. I think, you know, is Jalen still hurt? I guess probably, right? He's still dealing with the, a knee issue. So, I mean, I know they're fighting for that number one seed. But at some point, do you just give the guy a week or two to try and get a little healthier towards the end of the season? I guess it kind of depends on on what kind of happens down the stretch. But, um, you know, that offense has been great. A.J. Brown's a superstar. Devonta Smith looked better these last few weeks. They're O-line, obviously, elite. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of just yapping at this point. But, yeah, I think San Fran, you know, with their win last week, kind of kind of stapled themselves as the top team in football. So, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that kind of looks the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, you want to move into the, the previews? Yeah, let's do it. All right, a real, real fun one tonight as we film this. I think, I, I'm assuming by the time we, yeah, it'll probably be tomorrow by the time this gets out. So um, so we we don't have to go too far into this. I'm going Steelers. It's going to be low scoring. No one's going to be able to score. I'm going to be watching basketball. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not watching this game, no. There's, unless you have fantasy implications this week, there's just no reason to put this game on television, like, you can watch the NBA in-season tournament. You could watch a movie. You could do nothing. And I think it'd still be more entertaining than this football game is going to be. Um, yeah, I'm picking the Steelers. I mean, the Patriots are just terrible. 
Ramondre's out. Like, it's just like, but they're going to probably end up with Caleb Williams. So there's that for them, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, moving on. Texans at Jets. Uh, I mean, this, oh, man, so heartbreaking. I mean, I had him in, like, all my fantasy leagues, too, so even worse. But this guy's so fun to watch, and it's on a blocking play that he just, like, breaks his leg pretty much or fractures his fibula. Um, just so sad. But that's the that's the game they play, man. Um, it's Zach Wilson again this week. I mean, who would have thought that, you know, maybe – Maybe I know Zach Wilson's not great, but maybe just maybe that part of the big problem is that the O line is a bunch of guys basically off the street, and the wide receivers outside of one guy all suck and pretty much were undrafted this past year. Who would have thought, man, that that would be the problem? Um, this shit is so stupid. Uh, I'm going with the Texans. I don't know if it's a blowout because the Jets' defense is pretty good, but they should win pretty comfortably. I don't really see the Jets. Maybe Zach Wilson airs it out, though. I mean, honestly, like, at this point, he should be going in there being like, fuck it, I am just throwing this shit how far I can every single play. Like, the Jets literally, like, that's what's so frustrating. I don't understand these NFL teams that it's like, like the Panthers, why are they not just, like, going for it and chucking it? Like, they, these teams should not be sticking to, like, some boring-ass game plan that hasn't worked for, like, 12 games. Like, let's see what this guy's got, even if it's, you know – even if you get blown out because of it, you're getting losing and blown out anyway. It's like, I don't know. I, I saw someone say that like Zach Wilson should just be letting it rip. And it's like, why hasn't like, he should have been, you know, obviously when you're still in playoff contention, I guess you don't want to be too reckless, but at this point it's like, they have nothing to lose for letting, you know, the game plan kind of go out the window and just be like, Garrett Wilson's running deep, like get the ball to him. And like, let's see what happens. So sorry for a little rant there. I'm picking the Texans. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I, I agree with your point, and I'm also going with the Texans. Like, I think you hit the nail on the head when you're like, maybe it's not a blowout, but you feel like the Texans win comfortably. Like, they probably won't score a ton of points, but they're probably going to score like 24, and that just seems like way too much yeah. for the Jets to match. So, yeah, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those games where, like, it's just, it will feel like the Jets are never in it. That's the yeah. thing. It's maybe not a typical blowout on the stat sheet, but the Jets, it's like from the, kickoff it's gonna be like god oh, this game's over um rams at ravens the rams six and six now i believe they might hold or maybe the packers overtook them but i think they're like right there for a playoff spot I um think they move it, yeah yeah i mean they since kyron williams has come back the last two weeks 37 and 36 points um that also corresponds with cooper cup getting healthy um you know puka nakua is obviously still there you know I mean, they're balling out right now. Obviously, a tough task this week with Baltimore, um, you know, coming off a bye, I believe. Uh, yeah, coming off a bye, they beat the Ravens on – or the Chargers on whatever it was, Sunday or Monday Night Football. I think Sunday night. Uh, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think the Rams have played really well um, since Kyron's come back, like you said, but this Ravens defense is just really, really good. Um, I think – you know, when the key for this Rams offense is does Stafford have time? Because if Stafford has time, guys are going to get open. He's going to hit them on time and, and on target. Like, that's not my question. But this, I feel like the Ravens are just going to blitz the crap out of Stafford. And, you know, he's a really good quarterback, but he's not super athletic. He's not going to be able to just, you know, make plays with his feet necessarily. So it's going to be a lot of dump offs or him taking a huge hit and trying to get the ball out. Like, 
just a lot of things that aren't ideal for this Rams offense. So <clears throat> unless they can find a way to get him some time, I just don't see them beating this Ravens team. So I'm going with the Ravens. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens too. Um, like you said, you know, I think it's in Baltimore as well, which, you know, should play into this game a little bit. Um, you know, I just think they're the better team overall. Like you said, the Raven, like the Rams are, have been balling out this week. Uh, it's just, you know, a tough defensive matchup. Not that Cleveland wasn't, but, uh, you know, another one in enemy, ter- enemy territory. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you kind of described it well. I think the Ravens, you know, yeah, I mean, they're 9-3. and three. They look like they'll probably end up probably with the one seed in the AFC, assuming they hold. But, like, I don't know, man. I'm just – I'm still – I think defensively they've really – Proved me wrong this year. They played really well, but offensively without Mark Andrews, I guess I'm just a little concerned. And you know, we'll obviously see. I mean, they scored 20 points against the Chargers in their one full game without him this year. So we'll see kind of how it looks the rest of the way. I guess we got time before deciding if this team really is good enough to uh, win a Super Bowl or not. So I'm not going to get into it more. I'll pick the the Ravens though. Yeah, moving along. Uh, Panthers Saints. You. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought the Panthers would maybe show some life in their first game under an interim coach, but I, um, yeah, no, they did not. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess they kind of kept it close against the Bucks, which isn't very impressive. But Bryce Young did look like a little bit better. It felt like it was more guys not being open and protection breaking down, which I guess is good, but it just goes to show how bad this situation is around him. Um, And then... Yeah, for the Saints, they won last week. Yeah, yeah, they won. No, 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 no. Sorry, no, sorry, they lost. They lost. They, lost. They, they, they had a comeback effort. Yes. So I believe it's Jameis starting this week, which honestly, I really don't know if there's even that much of a difference between he and Carr. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm going with the Saints. Jameis will make some plays, I guess. Uh that's about all I have. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Saints, too. I mean, I think this is more just the Panthers suck than the yeah. Saints are, like, good. Like, the Panthers are terrible. Like, really, really bad. And, like, man, that franchise is just being dragged, run through the ground, it feels like. I mean, they fire Frank Reich, which, like, I think it was, like, the second quickest head coach to be fired all time or something like that, which is nuts. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I th- I don't think he's necessarily the great coach, but I don't think sacking him right in the middle of the season was maybe the best move, but I don't know. Maybe they're looking just to find a spark. But, yeah. It feels like almost that was like a move out of like, you know, just because C.J. Stroud's been doing well. They, they've had all this yeah. impressive narrative about like, oh, they should have went, you know, C.J. Stroud on Bryce Young. And obviously the jury is still out on Bryce Young and, and very well maybe for a few years just with how bad this team is. But, um yeah, I'm going Saints here. No, no need to keep talking about this game. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Colts, Bengals. Colts are seven and five, man. I mean, they have been. You know, Shane Shane Steichen might be looking at a a little coach of the year, uh, a little coach of the year action here. They beat the Titans 31-28. Gardner threw for 312 yards. Um, and on the flip side, the Bengals last week showing a lot of fight. Beating Jacksonville 34-31, what a win that was. I mean, Jake Browning, you mentioned him a little earlier, talking about the Washington Huskies. He had 350 passing yards. Jamar Chase, 11 catches, 150 yards about. Um, so a sneaky, like, 
on paper, it's like we're starting Jake Browning and Gardner Minshew, but like kind of could be a good game here. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Dev? Who wins this one? Yeah, I don't I don't know why why I'm excited for this this game at this point in the year with who's starting at quarterback. But like you said, like Steichen's really been a great offensive coordinator um, or really great head coach. But like as the offensive coordinator has also been really great. Um, yeah. He just finds a way to make a quarterback comfortable, finds what works. Michael Pittman looks like a true like number one receiver. Josh Downs looks good. Pierce is a good complimentary option. I'm just like wondering what would have happened if Richardson played this year like yeah. maybe like nine and three right now or something like obviously like it'd be worse honestly that's also possible now that you say that I haven't thought about that but I just with the running ability of Richardson like you yeah. if he was a gardener level passer like wow this offense really could get super unlocked um they don't seem to miss Jonathan Taylor which seems to be a trend when running backs get hurt unfortunately <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm going with the Bengals cause I think their defense is better. And I don't think the Colts defense is going to be able to prevent another good week from Jake Browning. Why am I saying that? But, <laughs> uh, I guess I'm going with the Bengals here. What about you? I'm gonna go with the Colts. I mean, I feel like this has been one of the most slept on teams. Obviously they don't play in a great division, but you know, they're seven and five. Like you gotta give them credit where credit's due. They've been without JT for most of the year. Richardson obviously went down, but Gardner Minshew has balled out this season. I mean, he is, you know, you got to wonder, does he find like a, a Baker Mayfield type starting job next year, like on one of these teams? Um, I guess it's this draft class is also pretty like deep. It should be at least. So maybe that's not the case. Maybe, you know, one of these teams would just rather, you know, start a JJ McCarthy next year if that's the route they end up going. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But, um, you know, they've been playing well, and I think Zach Moss is in for a big game this week. I think Pittman's going to continue to ball out, and this team kind of just weirdly finds ways to win. So I do think, you know, as great as Jake Browning was, I'm expecting a bit of a a drop-off this week. I just think, you know, looking at the quarterbacks, Gardner, not that he's like some proven stud, but, you know, he's started enough games in the league to where kind of you know what you're going to expect, whereas Jake Browning, I still feel like this could be kind of an outlier for him when we see him kind of revert to – um kind of how he did. I guess he played, they played Pittsburgh that game, which is a very tough matchup, but I get to see more towards a Pittsburgh performance than a Jacksonville one this week. So I'm going to go with the Colts for my pick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Moving on, we got Bucks Falcons, uh, an important game in this really, really, really bad NFC South. Um, I mean, I guess I'll give a little bit credit of credit to Desmond Ritter for not looking absolutely horrible against the Jets defense. Um, you know, I guess we 120 yards, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was bad. Okay. I didn't realize it was that bad. Um, I don't know. I guess my, my, my judgment of Desmond Ritter is when I watch him on red zone, does he throw like multiple interceptions and that didn't, (laughs) um, but you know, the Falcons are, they have some juice on offense. Jesse Bates is like really, really, really good. All pro, probably, yeah. Yeah, probably an all pro season. Um, so I, I'm just gonna go with them. They just have like slightly more juice, but I wouldn't be surprised if this goes either way. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I think like I don't know. I just feel like the Bucks have played so much better than the Falcons this year, but somehow the That's Falcons true. have the better record. Um, I mean the Falcons did beat the Bucks when they played earlier in the year, but um I don't know. I just feel like the Bucks have been the, the better team, weirdly enough. Like, 
Mike Evans has had a heck of a season. Rashad White's really come alive these last few weeks. Um, you know, Baker hasn't been terrible. So, you know, it's weirdly been a decent year. Like, I I, I don't know. It's so weird with them because they're like records bad. They've also had a tougher schedule, I think, than the, uh, the Falcons. I mean, they've played the Eagles, the Lions, the Bills, Texans, who are pretty good, the Niners. So there's been some really tough matchups in there. Down the stretch, you got – Falcons, Packers, who have kind of come alive, Jags, Saints, Panthers. So kind of a mixed bag there. So we'll see if they can pull this division out. Obviously, huge game this week to where, you know, if Atlanta wins, it almost feels like, you know, they probably got the division. Not necessarily, but uh, they'd be in a good spot. So I'm going to go with the Bucks, though. I think they've just been the better team this year, despite the record. Yeah, absolutely. Next game, Jags at Cleveland. Uh I don't believe Trevor Lawrence is going to play. If he plays on a high ankle sprain one weekend, that'd be pretty remarkable. Um, yeah. I don't expect him to play. So who is their backup again? C.J. Beathard. C.J. Beathard. So we're going to see C.J. Beathard versus, I believe, Joe Flacco should be the starter for Cleveland this week, who kind of kind of looked good last week. Um, Jacksonville, I mean, this is a huge game. Cleveland's got to figure it out. They've now lost two in a row. Uh, you know, they do have the Bears and the Jets and the Bengals still on the schedule. So, you know, the path is there. Um, but at home, I'm going to pick the dog pound, man. I'm going to pick the Browns. I think, you know, the fan base, I think it's going to be fired up. They know this is a huge game playoff implication-wise. DJ um, Beathard, like, I, I don't know, against this Cleveland defense, I just think that's probably a recipe for a, a disaster most likely. So I think this is a huge game for Cleveland. I think this is a get-right game, kind of a blessing in disguise for them, potentially, if it's not Trevor Lawrence. Um, and, you know, Joe Flacco, I think, you know, obviously a, a Super Bowl champion, proven guy. We saw what he did last week. Like, yeah, he's not going to be a superstar, but he's probably going to be good enough to, you know, get you a win in this game, in my opinion. So I'm going to go Browns, probably a low-scoring game, but uh, I just don't think C.J. Beathard against that defense is, is going to be able to do much. Yeah, Um I'm going to go with the Browns, too. Um, I think, like you said, it feels like a big bounce-back week for the Browns' defense. Garrett wasn't wasn't really himself last week from from the tape I saw. Um, yeah, I think Flacco, like you said, he's not bad. He still throws a pretty nice deep ball. Like, he had a couple of what-are-you-doing balls, but <laughs> that's to be expected. Like, I feel like Dorian Thompson-Robinson is going to give you that, too, but he's probably not going to give you 20 20- – 20 snaps of good quarterback play, which is what Flacco will give you, you know, about half the time he'll be a good quarterback. So yeah, I think they should stick with Flacco and I think they should be able to, to win this one on their defense. Yep. Moving along lions at bears. Um, I think this was actually a pretty decent game. The last time these two teams played. Yeah. Lions barely won 31, 26 bears were actually in control for most of that game. Uh, this one's in Chicago. Uh, but I will pick the Lions. They had a good bounce back. I mean, it was a little close for comfort against the Saints, but good bounce back week from Jared Goff last week. I think they continue that against Chicago, uh, who is coming off a bye. They won the game before, a very ugly one against Minnesota. But, uh, you know, this Bears team, Justin Fields, trying to earn himself, uh, you know, a, his a starting job next year. It'll be very interesting to see how he does down the stretch, but I will pick the Lions on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions, too. Um, the main thing here is, for the Bears, obviously, the main thing here is, like, how does Fields play? Um, I 
I'm 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 with you. I'm still not quite quitting Fields. Like I still just think he's a little bit too talented, has a little bit too much big playability to completely write off after year three. Um but I, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Lions, like I said. Like they're just their offense is really good and you know the Bears probably will be able to move the ball, score some points. I expect this to be like a 31-20 type game. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have too much to say. I, I think the Lions are slightly fraudulent in the yeah. sense that their defense isn't going to be able to compete. Like, I just don't think they're a top three team in the NFC. I think they're pretty clearly fourth, but, you know, it's, it's yeah, just... Yeah, no, go it's ahead. just not. They're not quite a Super Bowl team. Would maybe yeah. in the AFC, to be honest, but not yeah. not in the NFC. Yeah, I think they're just a year away. Is what it is. I think they just need a few more pieces. Need to have some guys take a next step. Um, yeah, I like you said, like Fields. It's such a it's it's an interesting case, and I feel like this year we just haven't seen like last year. There was all those explosive running plays, all these big highlight real type plays, but we just haven't really seen this year. And yeah. you know, maybe that's just kind of like a those plays are so weird sometimes where it's like, it's just like, sometimes it's just like a string of those happens where he just was like, you know, in a really bad spot, somehow escaped and took off. Like those are not plays you see every day by anyone. Um, but, you know, we haven't really seen any of those highlight real S type plays from Justin Fields that we saw last year. So maybe we'll get them one this week. Now that we're talking about it, hopefully we do. Um, Seahawks at Niners. Uh, this game happened like a week or two ago. It feels like. Uh, it did, yeah, November 23rd on Thanksgiving, where the Niners won 31 to 13. Uh, I mean, I'm picking the Niners, you know, they put up that performance, they go and beat Philly in Philly like that. First game at home in a while, uh, you know, I think I don't even know, I think it'll be another kind of two plus score victory for the Niners. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Um, I think. The one thing I've gotten much better at in my sports analysis over the years, as you've seen, Griffin, is my ability not to be biased. And I do not like <laughs> this Niners team, but I'm I'm very able to see that this is this is a really good team. And, you know, I I think this is maybe an argument for another day, but I don't think Purdy's an MVP candidate, to be honest. I think he isn't the MVP of that offense. If you're gonna pick the Niners, you know, one of the guys from the Niners, I'm picking McCaffrey and in terms of quarterbacks I'm taking Dak I'm taking Mahomes even I'm taking Stroud and I'm probably taking Tyreek Hill as well so he wouldn't be in my top five um neither would Hurts and I just I think this has actually turned into a slightly better MVP race than I thought it was a few weeks ago because Stroud now looks like a real MVP candidate Dak looks like a real MVP candidate. Tyreek might put up 2,000 yards. McCaffrey's having an extremely dominant season. And then you have Mahomes, who has a really bad receiving core and and is still, you know, put up a top 5 to 10 offense in terms of efficiency. So I think there's five guys at least you can talk about before Purdy. Um, I don't know where I got on this rant from. I really wasn't planning this, but... (laughs) Um, if you have you any got it written yet. down, ready to go. No, yeah. um, I agree. I think you know, I've seen a lot about you know, non QBs probably never going to win an award the the award the way it's going, and I I agree. Like I think for me, like CMC and Tyree Kill have been more valuable than any of these quarterbacks. Maybe Dak, I guess. 
I mean, look, if you actually like get really analytical with the name of the award, like most valuable player, like obviously like the way Patrick Mahomes is with those weapons, like he's, you know, probably the most valuable player, CJ Stroud, like, like, yeah, those guys deserve to be there. Dak deserves to be there. Sure. But like also most valuable player, like Tyree Kill and CMC, like you said, like they're the engines of that offense, like legitimately um, they're both putting up insane seasons i think you absolutely should be considering those two guys over a brock purdy i mean i think it's crazy that purdy is the favorite like that doesn't make any sense to me not that purdy's had a bad year um you know now i'm actually curious to see his season stats but um let's see 30 no that's 23 touchdowns six interceptions 3100 passing yards like he's he's balling out all right i mean he's been balling out but uh i don't think he's the mvp i i agree with what you said for sure cmc is more valuable to that team than than Brock Birdie for sure. Yeah, moving on. I I said I'm picking the Niners, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, moving on, we got Niners. Sorry, nope. Vikings Raiders. Um, Vikings off a of bye. We just the last we saw of Dobbs was pretty concerning, <laughs> but yeah. I have a feeling I I really do have a lot of trust in this coaching staff. Um. I think you're getting Jefferson back, which is going to be huge for Dobbs to have just a guy who's open all the time. Um, yeah. And then you have Addison, who's going to be the number two now, and then Hawkinson, who's the three. So now that, you know, the offense is pretty loaded again, and really it's all on Dobbs, and I really like Dobbs, but if this offense isn't performing, I think we kind of know where the what the reason is. I don't want to, again, I don't want to blame a career backup for being a career backup, but... <laughs> Like, this is just what it is. You lost your quarterback. They're not going to be great unless Dobbs can play at a starter level, which is possible with this group. But I am still going to pick them. I just think the Raiders' magic sort of started to wear off a little bit with the interim coach. Um, I still think they're in a much better spot than they were like four weeks ago. But I just, it's Aiden O'Connell, man. Like, Dobbs is definitely better than him. So <laughs> I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Vikings. Yeah, I'm going with the Vikings too. Uh, Jet is back. I think this offense will be better. Like you said, like if it's not performing, like it's probably going to be, you got to blame Dobbs a little bit here. Uh, but yeah, I think they'll be better. I don't think the Raiders are very good. Um, you know, Aiden O'Connell, like eh, it's just like all, I mean, every game is just like mediocre quarterback after mediocre quarterback. I mean, it's like, I feel like we went into the season being like the level of quarterback play. Like there's never been more elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And now it's like, I can't even find an elite quarterback on the schedule. It feels like, like it's crazy. Um, but that's just injuries and whatnot. But um, it's weird, man. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy, but alas, we move on. Uh, Broncos at chargers, man, the chargers are just a, a wreck right now. I mean, they, they beat new England six, zero, Austin Eckler looks broken, not broken. He's just ass at this point. I mean, all that talk about an RB contract and, you know, this guy probably shouldn't be making more than like the league minimum, the way he's been playing. Um, Herbert, uh, he just really hasn't been balling out. I mean, outside of Keenan Allen, it really feels like he almost has no weapons to throw to. Quinton Johnson's kind of a been rough rookie year for him. Uh, You know, yeah, I don't know, but uh denver obviously i think last week was their first loss in a while or did they win again um they no, they lost. Houston. yeah yeah yeah. cj stroud he just does it seven and five uh sorry that was uh that was just slipped out but um 
Uh, I'm going to go with the the. Uh, I don't even know who I'm going to pick in this game. I'm going to go with the Broncos. I think the Chargers are just a, a train wreck right now. Uh, you know, they seem broken offensively. Defensively, they suck. So I think Russ and his defense can weirdly just get this one done. Uh, it's in LA too, so I mean, probably more Broncos fans there. I don't know how heavy they travel, but it's kind of close to LA, so I could see them it being a, a good Broncos crowd there. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, certainly it won't be a big home field advantage for the Chargers. That's for sure. Um, yeah, no, I'm gonna go with the Broncos too. Just feels like they're better coached and they're not that much less talented. Um, this kind of feels like the year of coaching, man. Like, I'm not yeah. going to get too far into this, but it just feels like all the best teams are well coached and all the bad teams are poorly coached and the talent matters, but it doesn't matter. You know, there's a lot of teams not using their, their talent, right? Um, 100%. But yeah, that's a big thing that I've taken away from this NFL season, but yeah, I'm going with the Broncos, probably a pretty close game, probably pretty low scoring chargers defense has played a little bit better recently. So hats off to Brandon Staley, I guess, but not really. He should get fired for sure. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, He's gone. moving on. Ooh, this is a fun one. Those Chiefs. I'm gonna be honest. I'm going with the Bills. Like, I feel like they got the. I know. I can see that look. You're like, oh, don't do it, Devin. But no, no. I'm. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, like it just feels like they're playing like good football it seems like since they fired the offensive coordinator they've kind of found their identity of this offense a lot of Kincaid a lot of digs a lot of Gabe Davis as like a blocker which has really worked um it just feels like they're like trying to do what works more which it feels so simple like it feels like every NFL team should do what works best but feels like the Bills have kind of found that the last few weeks and started to do that and the Chiefs like maybe it's dumb to pick against the chiefs, you know, predict them to, you know, I think it would be three out of four losses, which like would be hard to see, but it just, I don't know. Something feels off right now. The defense is still really good, but as long as Josh Allen isn't turning the ball over, I think they're going to be able to move the ball better than the chiefs. Maybe we get some Mahomes magic, maybe a big Kelsey day, Taylor Swift's in attendance, something like that. But I don't know. I I'm going to go with the bills. It, they're also I think I said that this is a very very big game for them and not necessarily as much for the Chiefs although the Chiefs do want it for the one seed and seeding purposes but they're not fighting for their playoff lives here so yeah. I'm gonna yeah I'm going with the Bills too um Chiefs just do not look right offensively and you know it's kind of what I can't say it's what we expected but it's just like we look at that wide receiver list at the beginning of the year. It's like, what the hell did they think was going to happen? Like, it's like you're starting like MVS, a certified, like a career, like deep ball runner for like your wide receiver one. And they're like banking on Tony and Rasheed Rice. And Rasheed Rice has been pretty good. But like, it's just like, uh, it's just frustrating, man. Like, obviously, I know salary is an issue. You can't pay every single player in the world. But it's like, they got to do something, man. Like, they got to go out and, whether it's draft a guy trading in the draft for one of these players, like a, an Addison or someone type like that in this year's draft, or they just got to do something because you cannot be giving Patrick Mahomes this little, you know, weaponry to work with. It's just, a, it's, it's a crime almost. I mean, it's crazy. Um, I'm picking the bills. Like I can't pick the chiefs right now. I mean, they, they've lost three of five at this point, two of their last three. Um, 
you know, Green Bay is a tough place to play. They kind of got screwed over on that, you know, non-call DPI that ended the game was a mess officiating wise though. Yeah. Um, but the way the Bills played in Philadelphia, I know they had the bye, but you just can't forget about that. Like that was the best we've seen Josh Allen play all, all year. The best we've seen him play in these last two games. He had played great against the Jets too. Um, and like, that's like that, that Eagles game was like the Bills. That's the Bills team that I think, you know, this meet the media, I brought it up a lot on this podcast, but like that the media harps on is like this Super Bowl kind of team. And like, if Josh Allen and that offense operates like that, like, yeah, this, the, the sky's the ceiling for them. Like they, they can do whatever they want because they can compete with anyone offensively. Defensively, I think it's clear that they're a step down this year from past years that, I mean, it's kind of inevitable and you've got all these kind of aging veterans. I mean, I honestly, I don't, I know Vaughn Miller has not been a, I mean, besides the off the field stuff, been a very, a shell of himself. If you could even call it that on the field this year, Hyde, Poyer, obviously still, I think they're both healthy. Maybe Poyer's hurt though. I might be wrong. I don't know. I think one of them's hurt, but I know for a fact that Mike Hyde has been like certified bad this year. So. Okay. Yeah. So there we go. And Trey White obviously is out. So yeah, it's just not been as good a defense, um, but I'll still pick them. I, I think, uh, you know, the way that offense played, I think that they'll get it done. And, and oh, I feel like these games are always at Arrowhead. Like, have the Chiefs ever gone to Buffalo? Like, <laughs> I was thinking that too. Like, I like, I don't know, man. <laughs> pretty funny yeah. but um yeah week football eagles at dallas is this is if dallas wins are they number one in the division no uh we still okay. have the tiebreaker okay well I, skip bayless tweets made me think that it was for some reason but um that's skip they, bayless they have a very real chance i guess but i do think I, what i think happens is Oh, but then if the Niners, it's complicated because like if the Niners have the same record, then it becomes like the three-way tiebreaker as opposed to the division tiebreaker. So, for the division, you're saying, or for the number one seed? For the number one seed. Okay. So, but I think I think even if the Eagles lose this game and then win out, I think they still win the division. Okay. Um. Interesting. Regardless, I mean, this is if the Eagles win this game, it feels like they'll probably win the division because they then have a two game lead plus tiebreaker uh, on yeah. Dallas. Um, in Dallas, the way these two teams playing, your thoughts, Steph? I don't want to say it. I want to say it, Griffin. No don't way. Make- I, you're, gonna, I have you're going to, for the reverse jinx, aren't you? I'm going for the reverse jinx. I hope you join me so we can guarantee an Eagles win. Um, I mean, I hate it. I, I can't believe I've made it this long in the podcast without talking about how much I hate Dax. Here we go. Cadence. I mean, it's go. the most annoying. You notice this at the line. He goes, yeah, here we go. Yeah. I cannot stand it, but he's playing really well. Mike McCarthy somehow is a good NFL coach. All my nightmares are coming true. Um, I just don't think this Eagles defense is going to be able to compete. And I think it's probably a high scoring game. Um, Maybe the Eagles can, you know, kind of just get the ball last type of deal. But I think the Cowboys defense has a Michael Parsons, has a Deron Bland. The Eagles defense, like outside of Hassan Reddick, like who's a true known NFL elite player at this point? It's like, you know, most of the guys are either past their prime or not quite in their prime, which is fine. I think this Eagles defense will be much better next year. 
and moving forward, I think they'll figure it out. But right now, you just have to look at the reality of the situation, which is that there aren't many great players on this Eagles defense. There are a few on the Cowboys defense, even if it's not, you know, as good as it maybe was earlier in the year or as good as it maybe should be. It's still a good defense, I'd say. So I have to pick the Cowboys. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Um, you know, I have my pick going in the podcast. I'm going to stick with it. And I'm picking Dallas as well. Um, it's at Dallas, which I do think plays a factor in this game. Um, you know, that place is going to be going wild. I mean, it is going to be, you know, crazy. Um, I think, you know, like you said, like we saw these teams match up a few weeks ago. Obviously, that's kind of it felt like when Dak started to kind of get in the groove a little bit and he played really well that game. They low-key should have won that game. I mean, I, I wouldn't say should have won. They didn't get screwed, but they shot themselves in the foot. I mean, they had yeah, the ball at, like, yeah. the five-yard line, I think, and then just started, like, false start. You know, they took a sack, like, all these stupid things. Um, so, clearly, it was their fault, but they, they had the game right there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, so, you know, and looking at the way the Eagles have kind of gone since then, like, last week was not good. Um, you know, I think they'll be – pretty fired up. I mean, you hear AJ Brown talking about like, you know, when they're asking him what went wrong or what needs to be fixed, he's like, you guys will see this week. So I think this game's going to be heated Sunday night. I mean, this is as, as much see television as you could ever ask for. Um, but I will pick Dallas. I just think the way that offense has been going, they hit a second gear. And like you said, like, it feels like they probably maybe had the more playmaker type players where hey, you need a big play on defense right now. Like, who's going to give it to you? Is it going to be a guy on Philly or is it going to be a guy on Dallas? If you're betting on that, I feel like you're going to put your money on Dallas at this point. So I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys, man, which, you know, may be, a, you know, the outside the arena jinx might have just given the Eagles a 40 nothing win. So uh, <laughs> I would love to know the, uh, the numbers on, like, the true – because some of these games obviously are just, like, pick but, like, the true, like, 50-50s are, like, you know, close ones, what our record is when we're, we're picking the same. I wish we kept track of it. Um, maybe we should start doing that going forward. Yeah. Just to, especially with the, these, the outside the arena curse, like how effective is it? Are we just, maybe we're just profits. Maybe we don't even realize that we're just profits at this point. Um, we just think it's a curse. Um, <laughs> but regardless, uh, Mike Tarico and, and Chris Collinsworth will, will guide us through that one. Um Moving on to Monday night, we got two games at the same time, which I think is really interesting, and I don't really know how to feel about it. I, I guess they're trying to do something cool with, like, the, the Manning cast, but it's like, I don't really know, man. I mean, both these games kind of suck. Uh, Packers-Giants, the first one, I'm going to pick the Packers. You know, we hated on Jordan Love. We we picked on, picked on him when he was down, and, man, we look like fools. I mean, he has been uh, – you know, he looks like a stud. I mean, he's gone through some phases this year. Like, he started out really hot, then kind of had a rough patch. Now he's really hot. So, I think, you know, I'll I'll take a stance of I still – I think the jury's still out on him. I still want to yeah. see a little bit more. I think we're going to see him next year, obviously, as Packers quarterback. So, I think, you know, with, you know, a little bit midway into the year next year, I feel like we'll have a better sense of, like, okay, like, Jordan loves the guy or, like, okay, he's, like, they're probably going to move on. So, but he's been balling out, um, definitely belongs in the league. I mean, no doubt, you know, whether that's a starter, uh, you know, fringe starter on a bad team, a backup, like this guy should be in the league for a while. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they're going to beat the Giants. I mean, the Giants have kind of had some Tommy DeVito magic, I guess you could say, it, the last few weeks. You got the, you know, Italians taking control. 
Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with the, the Packers here. Yeah, I'm going to be fully honest. I thought Tyrod was going to be the starter once he got healthy. And I was like, hmm, are the, are the Giants going to be weird here and win this game? But not. I don't see it with DeVito. Um, I just think, yeah, the offense isn't going to be able to do much. And the, the Giants defense ain't bad, so I think they'll keep it close. It'll probably be a similar feel to like the Texans-Jets type game where it's like, not a blowout, but kind of know what's going to happen the whole time. So yeah. that's that's my prediction. Um, yeah, I think the Packers win this. Yeah, and last game, Titans at Dolphins. Uh, Titans uh, coming off a loss to the Colts. I mean, Will Levis has not been too bad in the, in his, his stint so far. He's had ups and downs for sure. Um, obviously, he's still super young in his career. Uh, Miami... You know, Tyree Kill on that road to 2K. Uh, you know, that's who I'm going to pick Miami. I'm not going to, you know, get really too into it. I just think they're the better team. Um, they still haven't really had a quality win this year or win that you can be like, yeah, this proves that they're legit. Uh, not that they're bad, obviously, but they still kind of, you know, <clears throat> they need that big win for them just to, you know, I think prove it to people that, hey, you know, they can compete. But the AFC is a mess right now. Like, honestly, like, you know, just how dominant that offense can be, how explosive it can be. Like you got to put them up there. Like they, they, I, I know they haven't had a good win this year. I know they've kind of faltered against the good teams, but like, I still think they can win, come out of the AFC just with how kind of wishy-washy it's been with some of these teams this year, but I will pick them in this game. I think they're the better team. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think this is a pretty easy Dolphins win. Uh, I will say about Levis, like, Last week was kind of the ideal result where he looked pretty good, but you still lost. Yeah. So I'm starting to think like maybe that they can build up this offensive line, get it to be like mediocre and get a better group of weapons and then see what happens next year. Like maybe be an interesting team, but I don't know. It just feels like they're, they're kind of out of interesting things to talk about besides Levis. And you said it really well with the dolphins. Like they haven't quite won the huge game but it doesn't mean that they're not good it yeah. might mean that they're not like a top three team but they're yeah. still a contender and certainly in the AFC they have a chance yeah. um so I'm gonna go with the Dolphins yeah it's crazy how the narrative I mean I feel like going into the year everyone's like the AFC is gonna be this gauntlet this yeah all-time conference and now we're like yeah man then AFC like anyone can come out of there it's it's yeah. a mess which is just I mean you look at the the way some teams have played, the way injuries have fallen. I mean, obviously, Burrow, uh, Deshaun, Aaron Rodgers, to name a few in there. I mean, it's it's just crazy, man. The NFL is uh, – you never know what's going to happen, which is why it's so so good, but also, uh, I mean, so so heartbreaking for some fans, obviously, this year. Um, but I think that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Obviously, a lot that we talked about today – um i mean it's it's awesome i love when sports are, are all going busy at the same time obviously stay tuned we'll have more coverage on uh you know the college football season as it ends and winds down mlb free agency hopefully heats up uh maybe some some big trades we get i mean hopefully it kind of is one of the slower winter meetings in recent memory this week so uh you know especially when shohei signs we'll talk about it um and the nfl obviously is still going strong as well as the NBA in season tournament champs next time we film the pod, right? They'll when's yeah. the when's the final game? Saturday. Is it Saturday? Okay. So uh next week we'll talk about the the champs of the NBA as well. Um but yeah, uh with that, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe if you haven't already. 
Uh, check out us. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Outside the Arena there. The social media is all below. And yeah, with that, uh, we'll see you all next week on Outside the Arena.